I should do that more. I'm good at that. <clears throat> yes, I do. <laughs> That's the show. That's it. Hey, Betty. Hey, good morning. Good morning to you. How is everything going way up there? Everything's awesome. You better keep my doo-wop in. Oh, I'll keep <laughs> I've been on a Billy Joel kick lately. We actually talked about uh, Billy Joel, <laughs> Mr. William Joel, um, on uh, the most recent uh, Reconcilable Differences we just recorded. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because you know he's from New York, where John's from. And, and like Smaug, he hoards everything. Uh, that he sees, John Syracuse, and makes it his own. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, also, Syracuse is voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Having a good day? Yeah, <clears throat> good so far. Good so far. Okay, the bad news is that my um, my thing with my uvula is back a little bit. Oh, no. <clears throat> so it always, <clears throat> it always feels like I got a booger back there. <clears throat> I'm so sorry to hear that that Thank is Thank you. I really going. appreciate that. Well, look at the stock markets. <laughs> oh boy! Wow, you must be this tall to ride on this roller coaster. Closing that app. Bed goes up. Bed goes uh, down. Bed, bed goes, goes up. Bed, bed goes. Down. <laughs> Chair goes up. Chair goes down. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, oh, so uh, we're doing the back to work program today. Are, are you into that? Should we do yeah, it? Yeah, let's do it. Why don't we do the same thing except yeah. uh, do it to the listeners? Okay. All right. Um, what I got, got some odds and sods and two potential topics. What do you got today? Um, I had a little bit more listener feedback. I had, Oh, a, I love that. A, a couple coronavirus questions for you since you're in touch with the common <laughs> man more than I am. I really um, am. I'm on the show floor all the time, wherever the I, show floor takes me. I know. I know, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me it's a show floor. Could be a, could be a clown's basement. I'll come <clears> in. Oh. <laughs> so, um, let's, uh, Digga, digga, digga. Let's, let's hop into it. Uh, I got a few, I think we got a few kind of shared things we wanted to talk about. I saw some things in notes. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's save Ultraman for a minute. Um, oh, I'm excited about that one. In, yeah, interesting. Did I put the link <clears throat> for this in? Did I put in the link for the one-liners, the one, -liners, the one So, you know, the nice uh, link we got. I'm, I'm not, sorry, my usual is really crazy. No, the um, the nice person you favorited the tweet, he sent us something called. Uh, 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 da, 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 damn, where is this? It's the guy who sent us the link for all the little uh, one line uh, terminal commands. Oh yeah, I saw. Am that. I hallucinating? I Didn't we receive that? No, we did receive that. That's real. That happened. Uh huh. All right, hang on. Let me see if I can find this. Oh, well, anyway, uh, if I can find it, I'll put it in notes. Uh, uh, a listener very kindly uh, <clears throat> was listening back to an older episode and thought to send us a, uh, a really cool uh, page full, uh, what do you call them? You call them um, one-liners, right? Is that, what, yeah. is that what it's called? Yeah, like a, like a bash a bash one-liner is what I've heard. Yeah, and yeah. so I- I'm so looking for the tweet. It's here. I, I think I still have a bunch of these somewhere, but for the longest time, I had a big, in my corpus of text files, I had a- Big bunch of um, like bash commands, like terminal commands to do different things. And I had, you know, one for each kind of major language that you're mm -hmm. dealing with, like said and awk stuff and all that kind of stuff. What's cool about the link he sent, if we can find it, is that it's on a web page and it's sortable um, and they're all really clever. 
Do you, do you have a lot of those? I guess for you, that must just be like a, like a phrase that you would use. You don't think about that as any special thing you keep in a reference file. Do you know how to do most of the stuff that you would need to do? Yeah. You know, there, I definitely <clears throat> am a fan of using bash aliases or command line aliases, which mm -hmm. is, is simply um, something that you type a lot. You can create an abbreviation for it. And so I'm definitely, I've done that and I've, but not many again, I'm old fashioned. I've taught myself all the things to type out. I'm not looking. I know people that will set up an alias because instead of typing LS to list their files, they, they often type LA by mistake. Like they hit the A key instead of the S and they've right. their workaround for that is to create an alias to, L, to LS from LA. I don't do things like that. That's them. I mean, for, for day-to-day -day stuff, that might be a little bit extreme. You know, one of the things that I do that, that comes to mind in that uh, is there is a command that you run very, very, very frequently if you're doing Rails development, which is bundle exec. And so any Rails developer knows that you type this mm. a billion times a day. I've abbreviated that as an alias to BE, but it, you know, and like, yeah, I've customized the LS thing and I've customized the prompt, but I, again, like I try to keep it as basic as I can. It's bad enough. Yeah. I've got to install all these other, you know, command line things. So I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big, like, one-liner, but I mean, dude, I've been using the command line in Unix since 1991. So, right. Ugh, I mean, like well, it's I, all the, memory <clears throat> now. Yes. The, um, the, I guess I would think of it a little bit like, um, you know, if you're somebody who, um, you're a blogger or whatever you write online and you're a pretty good writer, mm -hmm. you are, you've got a vocabulary of however many thousand words and how they should fit together and what the rules of grammar are. Yeah. But the, it, there will be time. This happens to me a dozen times a day where I have to go, you know, double click and say, look up where I want to make sure this is the word I think it is. Right. It's kind of the opposite, opposite of a thesaurus or like with a thesaurus, you're going like, Oh, I want to sound fancier. Which one do I find? And in my case, I, I like to, not that I'm, you know, better or something, but like, I, I just like to get the right word. Is there a better word for this? Yeah. You know? So it's, to me, that's similar. The way that I would use a, a lookup function on there, it seems like the way a lot of folks uh, might use some of these commands, or in my case, I do need stuff like, you know, your tutorials. Uh, I found the tweet and put it into show notes. It's from listener. <clears throat> um, their handle is at, uh, at Murai, M-U-R-A-I-I, and their username is data.fart parentheses. <laughs> that's data.fart, and then uh, then uh, open and close parentheses. So uh -huh. I guess that's a computer thing for data fart. Yeah. <laughs> Bash one-liners. Now, okay, so uh, that was probably a dumb analogy. Um, but what's th a lot of these are things like, uh, my sense is that there are a lot of people where like their experience starts with something like VI where you go in and you're going to learn a couple things to keep your head above water, mm -hmm. but then you start using it a lot. I mean, it could be Emacs, whatever, but like a VI is the, the one most people are exposed to. And you, um, you're going to learn enough to like get around and then you're going to learn more and then it's become going to become easier and easier. And then you're going to learn, you might learn enough. Like it, once you get into the terminal and bash, you might learn enough to do, you know, LS, mm -hmm. uh, CD, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that I know the bash one-liners though are so wild. Like, especially some of the set and ox stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the, I would never think to do something like some of these. So what are the most popular ones here? Show the 10 largest open files. Um, list uh, the status of all Git repos. Create a sequence of numbers. There are some of these that are pretty wild, though. Ban all IPs that attempted to access 
PHP my admin on your site. And that's that's some uh, Syracuse Pretty little specific, going on. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I want to thank our uh, our listener uh, data dot fart parentheses mm-hmm. for uh, sending us that. Um, did I have any more of those? I don't think so. Um, I wanted to also commend uh, an interesting application. Um, everybody's not everybody, but a lot of people are talking about you know docs and sidebars and you know. Um, you know, drag thing has gone away. Syracuse has a new one. I just found a kind of interesting one in um, uh, set app. I am not pot committed to s- keeping this up on the right side of my screen forever. But have you ever seen U Bar? You 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 Bar. U Bar <laughs> looks good on U Bar. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen that? Yeah, they. Whenever I need a ride somewhere, I pull out the app and I run the U Bar <laughs> app. And you got and- me that time. <laughs> Shake my fist. Uh, it's in the show notes. Uh, U-Bar, the dock replacement for the Mac. I don't know if I would put it that way. But it is, it's just kind of interesting. It works different. Oh, look at that. I've never seen this one. This looks mm-hmm. like the start menu from Windows. It kind of does. You can do it at the top, bottom side, left, right, bottom. You can pin it wherever you want. But Oh, so you can configure it as a dock to look like the regular dock. Yeah, to you say it's a dock a replacement is a pretty big exaggeration. Because, like, for example, I would I noticed that... I don't think you can do the thing where like you right click. So like on your regular dock, if you right click on an icon, there's all kinds of special stuff you can do. There's some special stuff here, but not a lot. Like I can't run. My initial response for just looking at this is it looks badass, and I'm downloading it right now. Yeah. And it's got a few, um, I mean, it's got like four themes and then you can also kind of create your own. Um, I mean, it's not, it doesn't seem like, it's not wackadoo levels of configuration. I mean, it's not like drafts or, um, or uh, yeah, it's, it's not one of those kind of apps. But it does have really good stuff in it. So uh, I just thought I'd mention that. I thought it was cool. I am going to try as hard as I can not to do this the entire time that we're talking on the show. Why do you say that? Because this looks really cool to me. and what I is it, What does it help you with? So, okay, so for, first of all, I, well, I want to get to what does it help you with, but what is your current... Generally speaking, what is your current dock configuration on your Mac? Uh, dock on the bottom mm-hmm. and, um, you know, full full width about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's about full width. Um, and, I've, got, uh, I've got dock on the left and the center, and uh, I'm still kind of adjusting to it. I mainly have been told that this is the best place to put it, <laughs> so I'm trying to get used to it. Although I still, my, my brain kind of wants to go down to the bottom. So i got the dock over on the left. Uh, it's... Pretty straightforward. And then over on the right, I've got uh, U-Bar um, to pin to the center on the right. And so uh, what does this help you with? Well, I mean, for me, I really don't... Look at that. Look at that. I, I mean, I use it... I've only used it for a few days, but I'm, I'm using it differently than I use the dock. But you know what? This is going to sound so dumb. It's almost like I'm already appreciating the fact that I'm, I'm right-handed. Um, so that's part, the reason I'm, uh, put the dock on the left is in part because I'm right-handed. I didn't want it like immediately underfoot all the time. Oh, this is really good, dude. This is really good. Really? You should oh, cool. never have shown me this during <laughs> tell this. Me what you're, tell me oh. what you're liking about it. <laughs> I mean, I have never, okay. Before there was a dock, I was using launch bar on the Mac OS, uh, you know, whenever it came out, I can't remember. I mean, was it out for seven? Probably was. Launch bar? Not launch, yeah, launch bar or whatever. What was the one? No, what was the um, one? Drag like thing. 
Right, sure. Yeah, drag, drag thing. Was really, drag thing is really cool. Drag thing is like should be like a hall of fame if it's not already. Should be a hall of fame uh, pre OS ten app. Yes, Cl- I, classic. I guess it was say. drag thing. I'll try and put a link to drag thing. Yeah, they and that's, recently that's, uh, James Thompson made made that yeah. until very recently. Yeah, oh, such a great, wonderful application. I'll put that into the show notes, and um and and I loved that. Yeah, it says ninety five through twenty nineteen. So You're that's probably kidding me. Hey, let's plug for uh, James Thompson. He's a really great guy. So great. And he used to work at Apple a million years ago. Uh, but he. He's a, just a great fella, and he makes. He used to make drag thing, and today he continues to make P calc, which is the oh yeah you Put need in your in life. And too. he also has a really, I think it's called Dice. He has a surprisingly sophisticated um, dice rolling app for iOS. Oh look at that! If you're a gamer, um, not a gamer, but a, you know, <laughs> that term's got so much baggage now. If you play D and D or similar. Uh, could you put that, throw that into notes? It Dan? is there. It is there. Uh, if you want to find show notes for episode 467 of Dan's Back to Work program, you're going to go to 5by5.tv slash B2W slash 467. There you go. So I, I've i always, you know, when, when the doc came, I thought it was very gimmicky. I thought it was a lot of uh, silly sort of eye candy um, I didn't like magnification. I certainly didn't like hiding. Of well, and dog. also you were, we were like, so you, you load up OS 10. I believe it started with the beta of OS It did. 10. It sure did. Because it pops up and it's got that weird, whatever that was called, that iMac pinstripe kind of mm-hmm. feeling. Yep. And then all the icons were photorealistic. Mostly. You know yes. what I mean? They, they were like, they were probably written or like drawn like Illustrator, like some kind of vector program, but they were, they look so terrible. Yeah, they Everything terrible. was so slow. And, and in the dock, it just, it looked like something that was a prototype in Linux where you would just put some realistic icons on a bar. And, well, and it, it was, I mean, that you're describing really what it was. I mean, if you're familiar with Next Step, um, which is the, the operating system that Steve Jobs, uh, company next used um that was for its time very 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 innovative and a lot of the things that came that we have in os 10 now even so many years later all came from next step um Mm -hmm. you know that's that that was that you'll remember in that episode of hypercritical talking about the importance of acquiring next step right uh uh, in the the isaacson episode i mean it, it became os 10 it did i mean it is what we're using today is next step which is based on, you know, the Unix underpinnings. And so it's, you know, even column view is the one that stands out the most. They had that mm-hmm. in next step and we have it now in, in OS 10 still, and it, it's wonderful. And, you know, but if you look back and I'll try and find, I'll try and find some next step screenshots that show their doc mm-hmm. and how that worked. Um, and was it called, was it called, do you remember, was it called a doc? I don't recall what it was called, but I'm going to send you a lot of them. <laughs> I, had, I remember having a theme uh, for like Kaleidoscope or whatever it was. Yeah. Do you remember that? Where you could yeah, theme your... I do. Uh, I remember having a, um, there were several Next-based, um, Next-step-based themes. They have... Very boxy. Yes. Like, the, the thumbs were very grabby looking. Yes. And they, I think the doc normally Oh, that lived. looks so cool. Isn't that oh cool? Oh my God. Oh, that's wild. It's so cool. And I mean, it's very similar to OS X and it, it should be, it was a good thing, but I was never a big fan of the OS X doc in general. I mean, I use it, it's fine. It, it's great. I'm not complaining about it, but you know, being what, a what guy- you, I'm sorry, real quick. What do you mainly use your doc for? Launching or dropping? 
primarily for mm-hmm. launching, launching applications. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, thanks. That's the main thing. And, uh, and but then, you've, it's not it's not a huge part of your workflow right now. It's zero. It's just <clears throat> if anything, mm-hmm. it's in the way most of the time. And now I don't do hiding because I don't well, like you know Option Command D. Like if I'm watching a movie or mm-hmm. you know I, I usually leave it on, especially because if I want to come in through screens, uh, that's the first thing I want to be able to click on is the dock. You know when you're yeah. going from a you know what I'm saying when you're going from your phone <laughs> to to a Retina iMac. Yeah. Um. But but it's uh, but but yeah, it's it's uh. I don't know. It feels like it's, it feels ancient at this point. Doesn't the doc it? does? Yeah. Doesn't oh, it? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't work the way that I would want it to work most of the time. And, and you know what? It's, it's like one of those things just like, all right, you know, that's fine. Whatever it does, does sure. the thing it does. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but what I've always loved always, uh, I don't anymore love it, but I used to to always love the windows start menu with windows 95. And then mm-hmm. it was perfected in windows 98 and windows NT. And I used to have windows NT workstation was my primary machine at the office. Uh, and I had a Mac at home, but we weren't allowed to have Macs in the office, but that was fine because I was doing a lot of Java development and Java has always been better on windows anywhere on a PC. And so for me, that was just fine. I'd come in and I'd work on that. And the start menu at the time, it, it's harder to do it now. You can still do it, but it's harder to do it now. And especially if you if you were to walk into a Best Buy and walk up mm-hmm. to a Windows machine and click the start menu, it is a bizarre Frankenstein creation, nothing like what it used to be. But what it used to be was this great little start menu. You could shrink the thing down so it just had the little one click at the, at the bottom left and it would show you exactly what U-Bar is doing for me right now, which is you could click on it and it would let you browse through different folders. It would let you launch some applications mm-hmm. and it it showed the running applications at the bottom and it was great. You can add favorites that bubble up to the top. Yeah, you could have little one-click icons to automatically launch something. And so it looks like U-Bar. I'm not going to, I'm going to resist the urge to play with this the rest of the show. But <laughs> it's okay. I got, it, I got enough. It definitely... Uh, it definitely looks like it could do some of that. And maybe this is a thing. So I'm, this is my homework for next episode. I'm actually excited yeah. about something on a computer for a change. Okay. I will, I will write that <laughs> for a change. I'll write yeah. that down. Um, F you on you bar. Yeah. And I, I know I've, um, <clears throat> I, I think I've mentioned a little bit that I'm, I'm tu- tuning up a lot of my little bits of workflow stuff, nothing major. Yeah, um, a lot of it does come down to me trying to learn new ways to do, do audio, which has surprisingly um, big ramifications in lots of ways that we've talked about a little bit. But it's caused me to, I guess, primarily in some ways, spend a lot more time doing audio stuff or trying different audio things. I've been spending more time with Logic Pro. I've been spending more time with Ferrite, um, and uh, and along the way, I just keep, uh, in, let's say, then alongside having setup, like I've gotten a little bit i don't know i've gotten to where i'm playing with new apps for the first time in a long time set yeah. app uh for whatever the hundred bucks a year is just a screaming deal for what you get um and so i've been playing with that and that's how i came to ubar uh in along in that process that, that also brought me back to which because i still i i still feel like command tab can be so powerful wait wait is this something you've told me about? And I'm, com- I'm, com- which it's from mini, mini tricks, I believe mini tricks, which, um, 
And it's still not like the one I used to use that got discontinued. Um, what was it? Was it called? There used to be this amazing command tab yeah. uh, thing where you could, it did, uh, it's, it's still in my muscles. Like every one of these, let's see if I remember how to do this. I don't know if I know how to remember how to do this. Um, you know, right now you can command tab through by going like command tab, 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 or mm -hmm, command mm -hmm. and then left and right arrow, right? You know about those. Um, but what was the one I used to use where if you hit command, sh well, while you were in tab switching, if you hit command shift, it would take you back. It still does that. Yeah. Uh, the regular built in all. one does that. Mm, does it? Doing it right now. Cool. Uh, and, but which adds a lot of functionality. First of all, it's got a crazy amount of configuration. This looks uh, bonkers. This is really oh, cool. Are you looking at the thing where you can set up? Sorry, let me get this up here. It's, there's one where you can like set these different like sets of stuff that do different things. Like when you're in this kind of situation, do this sort of thing. It's, re it's really cool. Um, but then, I mean, I guess it's just, um, I want more functionality with, with tab switching. That's been great for that. And then you can do stuff like launch stuff from within it. I like this idea of having lots of different ways into things. Mm -hmm. And I hope I don't find out something terrible about setup that makes me feel really bad. If you know that, don't tell me. I don't need it right now. You don't now. even want I, to know. I don't want, right, you know, can you just wait a little while? <laughs> it's a really, it's a very, very rough week. So, you know, go easy on me for a while. Um, there's a new Archers of uh, a Love song. That's exciting. I'll link to that. Mm. Um, but, you know, Joe Biden. Um, anyway, um, which is super <laughs> cool. So I'm discovering more and more of these things. And I'll tell you a funny story. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I got to tell you, I guess, guess for Frank coming along, Mac, you're going to get that, that kind of candy on, on your head. You're not going to get the ride on the boat. Hey, listen, Jack, I got to tell you. He's going to do great. Okay. Oh, so <laughs> tell me later. But the great thing about setup, unless you guys tell me that it's terrible, um, there's, there's so much to go in and experiment with. It's really fun. Like, uh, I'm, you know, I've done this funny thing for a long time. I got so habituated over the years to like, let's say even like five years ago, or especially when my kid was little. So let's say eight years ago, I get to where like, oh, we're really into Curious George and we'd like to be able to watch that. Well, it's not on PBS right now. We've got the episodes that are on our TiVo a million years ago. What do we do? Well, we go and we buy a season on iTunes, right? Right. And for a long time, that's how I got a lot of TV since we had been, um, let's see, at that point, were we cord cutters? But um, over time, you know, obviously, times of confusion, things have uh, gotten really confusing. Um, and now today... The funniest thing, I forget. Sometimes I'll just be like, oh, you know what? We should get that fourth Mission Impossible movie. Go in iTunes, buy it. And then it occurs to me, you're so stupid. <laughs> Why don't you go and see if it's available to stream anywhere? Do, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yes. Have you ever bought something? Like, Maybe you're not dumb like me, but or it doesn't occur to you to go to justwatch.com or similar. Like one of those places where you can find out where something is streaming. Yeah, yep. Um, but then once you get the flavor of that, you get better at saying like, hey, like, well, let's go find Matt Damon movies that we can stream or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference with Setup. With Setup, uh, obviously, it's, it's fun when you first get it, you open it up, you see some cool looking apps, like, oh my gosh, these are actually really good, high quality apps. But increasingly now, I'll either just go into play around and see what's there, or I'll try to scratch an itch. So I'll enter a very rich keyword like Markdown, and there'll be, you'll see tons of stuff in there. Um, but a funny thing happened. Um, I've been a long time fan of an app called Downy. 
which we should put in notes. Okay. Um, now, I know there's lots of these. There's YouTube-DL. There's, I mean, there are so many of these. But basically, this is an app that helps uh, helps you download uh, a video from a website, like YouTube, like Vimeo, like any of those. Mm. And it's got a lot of really nice features. Um, and there's like a couple of these, I think, inside of Setup. Funny thing happened, though. I have been using Downy 3 for, I think, probably at least a year. Downy 4 came out last week, and I had a, I had a license for Downy 3. Like, you know, the whatever pro version or whatever. Right, sure. I paid to upgrade to Downey 4. Mm -hmm. And I was encountering, not precisely a bug, but I had this problem where the videos weren't um, completing uh, the download. Had a nice conversation with the developer about it. Um, you know, he said, here's some things you can try to replicate it. But I also had a funny itch where I went over to Setup. <laughs> There's a copy of Downey 4 that I could get for free in Setup. And for whatever reason, that version worked perfectly. That's weird. That's all in there. It's all in there. Set up. Don't disappoint me, set up. Um, what else do we have on that point? Uh, so set up. Um, did you want to tell me about Ultraman comic? Yeah. What is so, this even? Well, um, I mean, it's... Uh, it, it is what it looks like, I think. it's Our readers can't see that. Oh, they can't see the Our picture? listeners. Well, they, I mean, they can kind of, you know, draw them a word picture. What even is Ultraman? Oh, I, you know, Ultraman, when I was a boy, there was a TV show and it would come on. Uh, <laughs> very early in the morning very on the UHF stations. <laughs> That's right. And uh, there was, it was called Ultraman. And it was about a, um, it was a, a Japanese show dubbed in English and uh, there was a man named Hayata who was part of the, Hayata. um, I forget exactly what they called it. It's been a little while. Shame on it me. It was like a air force, An, a, spa kind of thing. a space force, if you will. It's probably a space force. Yeah. But he was, uh, was he, a, was he undercover? Was he like a mild mannered employee? There? He was, he was one of the guys in this before crew. Before he took out his spoon. Yeah. Yes. And what would happen is they, um, uh, hold on. I'm actually, I've got to find kinda, out. Kind of like Clark Kent a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so what happened is it, uh, he would go out and they would go and fight these threats that would happen with Earth. And he was part of this like elite team that would go out and, and do this. But what would happen is eventually they would be outgunned or outmatched or something like that. And so at mm -hmm. one point, the there is this, you know, I guess beings in, in outer space somewhere that were the Ultraman and Hayata was in mortal peril. He was dying or something like that. And so one of the, the Ultraman guy, I forget his name came out. Yep. And, um, and <laughs> Tony Starked him. Yes. And he basically is like, look, I'm going to hook you up from now on. When you are in trouble like this, I'm, you're going to bring out your little, signal device which and, looks like a spoon yes and it was called the um the beta capsule oh my gosh this is coming back and it wow. looked it looked kind of like like a big a giant pen you call it a spoon i can go i can I, i'm that. trying to remember i haven't seen it in years and so the beta capsule he would hit a button on it and i was never really clear as a kid whether he was transforming into Ultraman or whether mm -hmm. he was sort of 
going away and Ultraman would then replace him. But right. But it was never Almost like clear he was inhabiting because this is it's a rubber suit show. It's a Japanese mm-hmm. rubber suit show. And it very much has like a kaiju kind of feel to it. Oh, yeah. So it's almost like, is he a man? Well, the man? guy that did Godzilla worked on this. Really? The original, the Raymond Burr? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I know he wasn't in the original, but that's cool. <laughs> well, however it happened, it was really fun. Science and... Patrol. They're called the Science Patrol, an anti-monster defense agency armed with high-tech weaponry and vehicles to combat threats from the unknown. Wow. Yes. And so basically, in- inevitably, in every episode, it would go <laughs> the same way, and that is... They would be outgunned, outmatched, in trouble, all hope lost. At the very last moment, Hayato would... Because usually of a creature, an attacking creature. Always. Yeah. Just Uh, to be clear, it's like a, a, like, would you say Godzilla? Yes. I mean, they're big. Godzilla gets big. Yes. And and so Hayato would hit hit the button on the beta capsule. Now, there was always a chance, see, that the beta capsule could get lost or fallen and usually he would be struggling to reach it or or, you know and so then he would hit the button and say shuach and at that moment (sighs) ultraman would he would be gone and ultraman would appear in his place and then he ultraman would show up and kick the crap out of the monster mm-hmm. um, with but variety. He better, but he better do it pretty quickly because guess what? Yes. he. There was a limit. And being, I'm not sure, I think it was the Ultraman's victory was the, never assured as Ultraman's powers and indeed his very life force came from solar energy. Right. Which was heavily reduced by Earth's filtering atmosphere. I, right. So his if time he, limit was stated to be three minutes. Those certain scenes do, do show him capable of still fighting. But the color timer... Which is like a chest siren. Yes. It starts beeping, right? Yes. He had a, a, a very convenient, by the way, I think we should all have this, a big circular indicator on our yes. chest. Especially just, that you're, especially the, the person you're fighting can see. Yeah. And, and it's and almost if, like the little bar over your character is going down. That's right. And, and if you, if you stay too long in the earth's atmosphere, it would start to uh, flash and beep until mm-hmm. eventually it would uh, be a solid red color indicating that Ultraman will never rise again so um, I was walking right up to that edge yes every time and so there was this he only had three minutes now so what he could do then is he would at the last minute fly away fly back out into space out of the atmosphere I guess he'd recharge and he could come back but he only Mm -hmm. did that a few times and of course that would give the monster a huge advantage and seemed like some of the monsters were aware of this limitation and would try to hold them, hold him back and prevent him from escaping. And I think even in one episode, right. maybe that happened and maybe Ultraman even died like or trap. something. Yeah. Yes. So, so uh, uh, just, to, just to, if I can not, not so great much, show, re- recap, I, well, I just want to recap because I don't know if you've never seen this, I want to paint you a picture. You get up at seven in the morning. Like maybe, you know, it could be even on a school day, mm-hmm. but you go and you come in and you watch this crazy Japanese show. It's very <laughs> Japanese yes, and very dubbed. And it's, it's, ha ha, 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 you know, like any of this, oh, camera, ha, you know, they got the crazy dubbing. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. And then guess what? There's a big monster in a rubber suit guy. Rubber suit guy comes with, he's a big monster. Hayata turns into Ultraman. Ultraman is now huge. He's very, very, very tall, like bigger than Ant-Man sized. He's very, very big. And then the thing, the only thing you left out, he does Kung Fu. Oh, well, yeah, of course he does. Yes, you're right. I didn't mention it. He does martial arts. It's not, they're not wrestling. He's doing like cool, like exaggerated Emma Peel kicks. Yep. And he also has this really cool attack thing he does where he like makes a plus sign with his arms. There's probably a name for that. 
But I, and I don't he shoots, know the he shoot like, Doesn't he shoot a laser beam or something? There were a number of different powers that he had. The coolest one and the one we did the most on the playground was you would hold, you would almost make a, um, a cross with your That's with what your I'm hand. saying. It's like a plus sign. Yeah. And, and there would be kind of a, it was like a laser that would sort of shoot out of the edge of his, of his hand. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to imagine unless you've seen it, but that was one of his powers. He could fly. Uh, and then there were also some other things that he could do. There was one thing that was like a vortex that he could hmm. create that would sort of rat like catch the enemy in it. And they would, yeah, that's him. And he would kind of spin around like that. Mm -hmm. And and then it would become like a sort of a tornado ish looking thing. There were other powers that he had that were pretty For a cool. period of time. Every, every boy in particular that I know was obsessed with Ultraman and wanted to just play Ultraman and wanted to be Ultraman. Of course. And now flash forward today and what's going on with this uh, with this uh, graphic novel here? Well, uh, it is um, it is a comic now mm -hmm. and the cover of the issue number one seems to be Ultraman in his iconic <laughs> pose flying in and it, I don't know anything else about it except yeah. I'm like really excited about this comic. The sample art's really pretty. It looks amazing. It, who, wait a minute. Who, who drew this? This looks familiar. Is this Mike? What's his name? No, it can't be. Um, uh, oh my God. That bottom one really looks like the guy who did. Oh, come on. The guy who did Fantastic Four and. Um, oh, shoot. I'm spacing out. You know, the guy who did, um, uh, oh, that one guy, he did the thing. Oh, what's his name? His wife does the coloring, not Walt, uh, not Simonson, but it'll come to me. Okay. Uh, his, you know, his, I, I, yeah. I've got some more data here. His yeah. signature attack was the specium ray. Ooh. Which was performed by having his Michael red forearms form a cross stance with his left arm in a horizontal position and placed forward while his right arm is in a vertical position and placed backward, reflecting mm -hmm. a shuriken. Of course, we... Ooh. Didn't know that the finisher, this finisher launches a beam of white energy, which consists of an extraterrestrial mineral called specium that Whoa. can be found on Mars. Episode two, when his mm -hmm. arms form the plus stance, his right hand emits negative specium and his left arm emits positive specium, thus creating a destruction <sighs> beam with the heat of 500,000 degrees and power level of 500,000 horsepower. Dan, Dan, that is really, really hot. Yes. I mean, I, just opening that up on Earth, like if he's in like an area with a lot of dry brush, yeah, just just the heat emanating. Think about when you walk up to to your oven with with your uh, the, you like to prepare your Thanksgiving turkey in this oven, and you get yes. to however many four hundred degrees. Did you say five hundred thousand? This is correct. That is what the that seems extremely is. hot to me. Ultraman also uses the Ultra Slash. An energy projectile saw disc attack launched from Ultraman's right arm in a manner of a flying disc. This is mainly Whoa. used to dismember an opponent, usually by slicing them into half down the middle. Like the Specium Ray, it has its own weakness. <laughs> okay. Certain opponents like right. Gubila or Kila were able to catch the disc a moment before it's hit them and throw it back. Whoa. Uh, and there are other things he can do with it. He once used it to chop off King Joe Black's left arm in King a similar Black, manner. To, that's wow. what it says. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so there you go. But um, Hayata, and it's back, baby. Ultraman, and it's back in a comic. Now I'm looking at Mike Allred. So yeah, it was Mike, uh, Mike Allred was what I meant to say before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's very early here. 
But this picture looks great. The comic yeah. looks exciting. I don't know what's going yes. on in it. I'm down from here for it, as they say. Yes. Yes, I totally agree. Um, hey, um, Dan, why don't you tell me about something you like? Oh, man, I'll tell you all oh, about yeah. Molecule. What? Molecule. What do you think? Yes or no? Do it or don't do it? You streaming? Yeah. I say we do it. Okay. The Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. It's not just an improvement on existing outdated technology, but a complete reinvention of air purification. Molecule was developed by a scientist whose son suffered from asthma and who was frustrated that the air purifiers did not relieve his son's symptoms. Uh, so, I mean, look, we've got, we've got a lot of things in the air. Right now, this is the time in Austin when pollen is at its worst. It, it creates allergies and I have suffered from allergies for so long. Uh, for me, the molecule seems to really help. You get this thing, you plug it in, it runs in your house. And what's really cool about it is you control it, you set it up, you manage it. There's a little display on top, but you also have an app and the app lets you customize stuff. So for example, um, I like to let it run in automatic mode most of the time, which means that it figures out the air quality and does what it needs to do to make it really good. But uh, at nighttime, when we're sitting in there watching TV, usually the room is kind of dark, you can have it go into like a, a quiet mode and you can set that up so that automatically at a certain time it goes into that mode and that that's really useful. And there's so much that they've thought of about this. But the most important thing to know is that the HEPA filter, the concept of a HEPA filter is, is kind of outdated. According to them, it collects larger pollutants, but smaller ones like viruses and volatile organic chemicals, VOCs, they slip right through a HEPA filter. Um, and so that might not seem like a big deal, but these little particles are a big deal, especially for people who have allergy and asthma and things like that. And Molecule uses a different kind of science to break these pollutants down at a molecular level. So they're actually destroying the pollutants. Pretty cool. And one customer even said that she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. So it can make a big difference. Uh, it's been effective and verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. Um, you know, and 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 here's the thing: a lot of people are saying, "What can I do to to fix this?" Here's an idea for you: stop breathing contaminated air, and uh, and and let let molecule help you out with that. The American Lung Association says more than 140 million Americans are living with unhealthy air. This doesn't have to be you. Get one of these things and it might just help you out and fix your whole situation. And this uh, works. We use ours in a really the biggest room of our house, but now they have the Molecule Air Mini, which is for smaller rooms. So you can pick the unit that is best for you. So uh, go check this out. This is at molecule.com. It's spelled with a K, M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com, molecule.com. Enter the code back to work 10, which is back to work one zero at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purifier order so go check it out molecule.com back to work tenant checkout thanks very much to molecule for making this show possible i think we're gonna have some listener letters and i think i have an idea for uh, an inspiring bit of uh, audio i found okay and another thing that seems to be emerging i might don't know what did you put in here oh what? you put in that markdown editor 
Oh, yeah. I'm interested in talking. Oh, boy, is this boring. Oh, Dan, this is boring. I'm no. so sorry. No. Um, uh, another idea would be to talk about the go forward strategy, as they say, um, <clears throat> for notes ish stuff. And I've just been thinking about this because I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like there's something rumbling right now a little bit with um, the notes field. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I've just been having conversations with my friends about like why you want or don't want certain features. And uh, so that's a thing. Uh, and you've got some listener letters as well, correct? I have a couple. Yeah. And, um, and I also, you know, editor stuff like that is really interesting. Have you had a chance? I put it in the show notes to mess with Tot. Yes. Okay. I do not understand how I would use it. Yeah. I bought it. I bought it on my phone and I downloaded it for free on my desktop, but I had not spent a ton of time with it, but I opened it up and I went, um, hmm, it's got the usual, you know, wonderful design, a wonderful quirky editorial design mm -hmm. of the folks at Icon Factory. But yeah, how about you? I have tried it. I'm using it. I think it's interesting. I, um... I'm kind of with you in that, you know, like I love, I love Icon Factory. I'm personal friends with a number of people that work there and really, really admire. Some of them are extremely tall. Some are too tall. I mean, let's be honest. Just like upsettingly tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of puts a, a damper on how much you can, you can be friends with people when they're that tall. Oh, it's, I think it's a very aggressive yeah, it's intimidating. Um, in hostile yes. way to literally exist is yes. to be tall. Yes. Too tall. Yes. Um, so we could, we could talk about that. But I don't. So in other words, what I'm saying is I don't want to say anything n not no. 100 positive. No, he can swim positive. to where you are and crush you yes. like a Dixie cup. With his <laughs> Apple Watch on. With his Apple Watch on. Because he swims doo, with the Apple doo, Watch. That's doo. a big thing. I like, I like the little noise when it spits out the water. You know, and it works too. It just weirdly works. I've worn, see, I've, I, feel, I want to say I've worn a watch to go swimming fewer than probably six times. And when I say swimming, I mean like slap, slapping the water with my kid at a ho hotel. Um, <laughs> I ain't doing laps or anything. Uh, and I've, you know, maybe, maybe eight times ever worn it in the shower. It's not useful to me in the shower. There's nothing but downside for me to wear a watch in the shower. You know what I mean? Like, so, but he will come and crush you. And, uh, you know, he won't even get a, a heart rate uh, warning because he's so he's so fit. Um, anyway, we can talk about tech stuff. It's pretty boring. But we could talk about tech stuff. Can, I, can we play this? I, I, this is probably really silly, but I, I don't know why this moved me so much. But we, would you be uh, prepared to play a little bit of audio? It's mostly I I'm not. How can I put this? How can I frame this? Because out of context, this is going to seem a little bit random, but mm. it's just something I'd like you all to think about. It really made me think. So this was a very good episode of This American Life that came out this past weekend. Um, and it was about <laughs> the unlikely places that increasingly that we find uh, reviews and star reviews and ratings for things and the various like the many, many ways in which we are constantly invited to go in and uh, leave reviews for things. And it's got a couple uh, real good um, big pieces in it. Um, did I, did that make any sense? Well, let's play the, I think we play the clip. Well, hang on. I'll explain. But like, so basically that's what the episode, the episode is about like, for example, you'll see in the show art, Gettysburg National Military Park, three stars. I guess it's a little moving when you think about freedom and all that stuff, but really mm -hmm. it's a field. <laughs> as a visitor from Miami, Florida. <laughs> um, but there's a wonderful, uh, in the second uh, act one, 
Uh, their eyes weren't watching God by B.A. Parker. And this is an African-American woman uh, who's talking about, you know, her somewhat uh, her, her meaningful, but I guess sort of a fractious relationship with religion. And basically she starts going to this church in Harlem. And I, I did not know about this, but there is a thing where tourists, in this case, particularly white European tourists, come uh, and they go to basically like black churches, like Baptist churches, and they like take photos and it's like a thing. And they now sort of, in some churches to a greater or lesser degree, are like making room for them, like maybe even up in like a galley. But you know, this woman, it's a very, it's an interesting and very penetrating discussion of this woman saying like, I'm not cool with these white people coming in here and like gawking at us while we worship. Um, and so she's interviewing the minister of her church and I want to be clear about this. This is actually much more powerful in context, but I think it's powerful enough that I want to also pull it out of context. She's saying to her minister that, no, no, I'm actually not comfortable with uh, having these people uh, gawking at us. You know, sort of, I don't think they should be welcome here because this is our worship and it's, and it's a private thing. It's about our relationship with God. And, um, and I, I guess what she had said, right, maybe right preceding this was something about like, it doesn't look good. So uh, if you could play this spot. We are intoxicated by perceptions and image and optics, and optics communicate no substance. So the question is not what it appears, the question is do I care? That's the deep question, and the answer is no. I can't be consumed with people's perceptions of our space, because then I'll be trying to curtail what we do to, to respond to people's perceptions? Nah, that's not who we're called to be. I can't. So the optics of it mean nothing to me. There's your clip. What do you think of that? I mean, it, it's it's really interesting because the way the way I would frame it for folks who haven't heard the whole episode is the 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 thesis on the on the table is you know should some people be more welcome than others and right. he's talking about well you know and, and so the context for this becomes that this woman leaves a review for her own church she ends up leaving a review on I believe Yelp for her own church. And basically, spoiler, is basically pleading with people to stop coming to the church and taking Dutch people taking pictures in the, right. in the gallery. Right. Um, but I think what he's what I, what I love about that is, and I do want to hear what you, what you think. I, I don't know. That really struck me. And I went back and I rewound and I listened to it three times and then shared it with other people. But um, on the one hand, if you listen to that way out of context, yeah. you could apply what he's saying to something like, uh, me too. And it wouldn't sound so good to say, mm -hmm. like, oh, we don't care how this looks. Oh, right. I think he's saying something different. What, what I want you to get out of this or think about that I got out of this was, and these are my words, absolutely my words, but what I took away from that is the concern with pleasing other people's expectations and the need to increase and um, bolster our, our own brands or a sense of who we are to other people is not why we're here. Like doing the work is why we're here. And this idea of like constantly trying to create something that makes people want to give you all these stars is not, may not be fruitful. And I'm not, I don't mean this as a prescriptive. I, I mean this more as just something for your, for your mind grapes. Just think on that. The idea that we're not here to create things that look good to strangers. We're here to do the work, which in his case is to have this uh, house of worship, which I, I don't know. So what do you think? I mean, I think it's very interesting because this is the kind of thing where I, I thought your comment about, 
you know, he, hearing it out of context was interesting because I haven't listened to this whole episode yet, but hearing your, you know, your description of it, it's. Well, you, you, in your tweet, you say early candidate for the best 26 seconds of wisdom I've heard this month, but I think you have to try to be inclusive and you have to try to be open and you have to try to have that attitude in everything that, that you're doing. Right. And I think that there is still something going on today. Maybe you feel differently about this where there is still kind of that, that at the, I, not to quote the name of the HBO show, but there is this outsider phenomenon that's going on. Oh, you mean like in group out group? Yeah, kind of exactly. Hmm. Um, what, I don't know with, with whom and whom. Everybody just, just seeing other days. people. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you saying the way that we tend to evaluate and see people as others? Yes, exactly. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, a, a, seeing someone as other instead of as connected. Well, you know, actually, it's it's so funny you should say that. Please let me remember this. Tracy K. Smith. Hang on one second. Mm -hmm. I think it's Tracy K. Otherwise, I will not remember this. Um, okay. Can I have a freebie here? Yeah. This is going to sound nasty, and I, I don't mean for it to. No. Um, I, I am, oh boy. So in order for you guys to try and keep you guys from yelling at me, because I don't want to get yelled at, um, I, I, I do this kind of stuff all the time, probably. Um, so I'm guilty as everyone else. Domini, domini. There's a, there's a certain kind of pressure, I think, especially on women, especially on young women, especially on moms. I feel like there's a lot of pressure right now to perform parenthood to perform fitness this is not i'm not the first person to notice this mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure on especially young women um to perform lots of things to perform independence to perform vulnerability to perform all these different things and you know to do it publicly online and then be able to sit with whatever the results are and i feel like that's really especially maybe kind of acute it feels like on instagram uh, or Instagram like things, Pinterest, whatever. It was a lot right. of pressure to 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 do that, and so this is the part where it's I don't know. I am just if you think about the amount of effort that goes into staging photos where you get a little bored with the little black letters on it, and you got a jar, and you're in a barn, and I don't know whatever the hell happens on Instagram. Right. You know, it all feels so posed. And so um, mannered and so intended for a certain effect. Uh, so I want to get off this before I get yelled at. But like, if that's your whole life, if your whole life is like dressing up your kid and like, you know, making them into like an Ann Gettys model or whatever, like, mm -hmm. ooh, that would, that would suck. That's, that would be a terrible way to grow up yeah. is constantly being the subject of somebody's influencer campaign. Yeah, And it's like, if it becomes, and I, I fully admit that I, this is just one of those things that I don't, I don't understand the appeal of that particular piece of our culture right now. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, just an old guy, but, um, it does seem like there is a lot of pressure for us to each tend to the garden of our personal brand. Right. And that if you're not doing that, you might as well be, if you're, if you're a woman not doing that, you might as well like not be shaving your body. You might as well not be washing. If you're not publicly performing your life, yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like you're living a life. Right. And what life would be worth living if people don't get to watch you live it? <laughs> that's what I, that's the, one of the first things that came to my mind. Another right. thing that came to my mind is like, it sucks that everybody has to always be consistent in public. 
Right. Because then you, it's hard to say you're wrong or it's hard to like, it's just hard to change. It's hard to be different. It's hard to be broken a little bit. That's what that really made me think about. Yeah. I mean, I think you could take that thing way out of context and say like, well, there's a reason, you know, you should care what people think of you because like you're part of a community and you need to like, you know, when he says uh, optics might not be the greatest word, but I do think there is this sense of like, I, I need to perform who I am in a way that is not necessarily consistent with who I'd like to be in real life and mm-hmm. may not be the most, that's all. And as the minister of a church, I say good for him. I mean, I, I've, uh, I've had some wonderful ministers in my life who've been just great and instrumental. And it's a tough job, man. Like there's a lot of like going to hospitals and funerals and like, it's just a whole lot of work. Um, I don't like that idea. I don't know. Just tossing it out there. Podcasts. Podcasts. Learning so, about the internet. In that case, what I can do also then, and why did I write down, you were talking about, I'll go back in here, but um, you guys need to listen to an episode of the Ezra Klein show called Tracy K. Smith Changed How I Read Poetry. Uh, It's an interview with uh, the U.S. poet laureate uh, Tracy K. Smith, who's a very gifted poet and very articulate thinker on... um, I mean, on poetry, part of being the poet laureate, I think, is being somewhat of an ambassador from this pretty obscure, you know, word salad to like something other people and normal people would be interested in. She's, um, she's really smart and cool. And I love this interview with her. But it also, it's not just about poems and appreciating poems. Um, I don't know. I, it's, it was just, it was just kind of special and it was very, um, inspiring to me. Just her notion of, um, her, her deep connection to the limitations of words in life, but then also of the, the bounty and magic of being able to put words together in a way that evoke something extremely complicated and, and human. And like a lot of stuff I've been reading lately that's very interesting, she kind of ties it to the environment and the future and like progressivism. And anyway, so check out, I'll put this uh, overcast uh, link into notes, the Vox uh, Ezra Klein show, Tracy K. Smith changed how I read poetry. I'm all soft on the inside, Dan. Yeah, I can tell you're emotional. I'm like a Russell Stover. I'm like all just like all inside, you know? Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Um, let's, oh, did you, you had one more thing to tell me about that you like, I'll, right? Yes, I'll tell you about Squarespace. Yep. I was on Squarespace this week. Were you? I was on Squarespace updating the Roderick on the Line website. I was also on Squarespace updating my playlists list. <laughs> if oh. you go to merlinm.com slash playlists, I think it's in notes. You can see uh, I updated my list, my Spotify and YouTube playlists that I like to make for people. And I went and I did it and it was easy. And can I tell you how I did it, Dan? How? I maintain a file in NVAlt, uh, which is, of course, being uh, synced up through Dropbox and all the places. And mm-hmm. that is where I write all of the text for my playlist page because I like to write in Markdown. And Squarespace doesn't mind that. So I can write in NVL. I can preview in Marked, technically Marked 2. And when I'm ready to go, I can copy that raw Markdown text out of NVL and go to Squarespace and update this Markdown, especially Markdown field, where I just drop it in and it looks beautiful. So easy to do. Very cool. There's so much that you can do with Squarespace. I am using it to build a new website. And it has been a little while since I started brand new with Squarespace. I have sites that I've been maintaining for a long time, but I'm starting a new Isn't that fun? Project to start over. So fun. It's so fun. And And, and it's exciting. And it's like, hey, do you want to try this? You want to try this? Let's see what this would look like. 
I love that part of it, Me the too. experimental part of it, because the way that Squarespace starts you out, instead of like most sites uh, where you like, here's the sign up form, fill out your information, they they let you kind of jump right in and they start, sh- they ask you a couple questions like, what are you doing? Are you doing something for a business? It's personal. What kind of business is it? Oh, is it this type or this type? You you click on a few of these little little. Uh, little boxes. And then it says, we found some templates that would probably work for you. And you don't have, you don't have to pick one of those, but they were right. Those were the ones that were the most applicable to what I was building. You click one of them and then right away you're in there. Like it's done. Like you're in there, you're starting to put content and you're dragging, you're dropping, you're twiddling the little dials and you're making this thing your own. So that by the time that you're done with it, yeah, you might've started with a template, but it doesn't look like the other sites that started with that template. And that's the genius of Squarespace is not only do they make it really easy to create your site, but then going forward, they make it easy to keep your site going. You can, it, can you imagine, Dan, do you remember what it used to be like if you wanted to hand off a project to somebody? Hmm. Like I you was couldn't. the- You couldn't do it. Well, I got, I, I think I've told you this a million times, but at the co-op uh, preschool, one of my jobs I did not want. My main job was like, go put headphones on and, and use a shovel or a broom, which made me very happy compared to like the job of updating the website for the preschool. And I was like, no, no, how did you learn this? How did you learn I know how to do this? Oh, no, 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 no. And it was all the classics. They didn't have the FTP password. It had some kind, not proprietary, but some dingling setup that somebody had done in this certain way. And it was just, it was all a nightmare. And now today, Dan, you could go and say, hey, you know what, co-op preschool, I'm going to go make you a website. I'm going to get all the stuff in. I'm going to scrape out all your Word documents and try to make something beautiful, make five pages here that are really all you need for what you have to do here. And then you know what? I'm going to walk away because I can show you how to go in and update this. And if you want to change the entire website and have it look completely different, well, that's a few clicks away. And that's really all there is to it. There's no, there's no learning what well, could do passwords. There's no like having to figure out like some weird configuration that somebody has done that you, you can't find the file that controls this. Yeah. You're not going to have any of that. Uh, they have got you covered. Break the wrist, walk away. That guy, I'm Sweep the leg, Squarespace. That's right. So go to squarespace.com. That's the place to go. That's where that's you, a good idea. You, you, mm-hmm. you, you go to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. This is where it all begins, see? Yes, yes. So squarespace.com, but there's a special addendum that you can add to that URL. Mm-hmm. Squarespace.com slash it's your show. Just going there, all of y'all listening right now, if mm-hmm. you were to all go there at once right now when you're listening to this, the, the amount of support that that would demonstrate to Squarespace, I think that would guarantee us another sponsorship from them, at least one in, in the 2020 calendar year. So I want to see if we can encourage our users just to visit it. Because once, here's the thing, Merlin, once mm-hmm. they go there, they're going to see yeah. what they can do. They're going to say- first, first one's free, right? You're going to go and you're going to be hooked. That's right. They're going to get hooked and they're going to be like, now I need my own Squarespace. Or they can register a domain. I just want to mention, you can get oh, your yeah. domains there too. Mm-hmm. So regardless you, you of whether- limo. You could get a dot limo. So regardless mm-hmm. of whether you're getting a dot limo or making a website or book, you're going to get a special discount, 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain using the promo code. It's your show. So those are the two things you got to remember squarespace.com slash it's your show. And then the promo code, it's your show that supports us. More importantly, it supports you by getting you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So thanks very much to Squarespace for making this show possible. Thanks, Squarespace. Buck, buck. Bash one-liners. Uh, bash. 
Hey, why don't we, uh, we're already, geez, dude, we're already an hour. We want to do a couple uh, letters and then we'll bounce. Yeah, let's do a couple letters. This is uh, one, um, a couple of months back, no salutation in this, just it begins. Straight to business. A couple of months back, you had an episode or two where you spent some time talking about possible iTunes replacements for organizing people's music collection. I remember that. I do too. Timely for me since I discovered that iTunes lost two thirds of my music library in the upgrade to Catalina. Oh no. But you didn't end up at a firm conclusion for what solution to use. I did some more digging around and ended up with a solution that works really well. Plex on my Mac and Prism on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. A purpose-built music client that can, among other things, uh, work with your Plex library. Plex in both places would be plausible, and there's something called Vox that has both Mac and iPhone apps that also look plausible. But for mm-hmm. various reasons, I ended up going with the Plex Prism combo, and I'm glad I did. So I thought I'd pass that along in case you thought it was worth a mention. And the, they also have um, linked up an article about how they moved off iTunes uh, hmm. so a versatile in, music player for iOS. I don't, I feel like I have not seen this. I have not Prism. seen it either. So I'll put all, put not all of these in the show notes. It's, huh. That's super cool. Thank you, listener. Thank you, Salutation uh, lis, uh, listener. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I banged around a little bit with this when I was first getting back into um, using a uh, Synology. I did not find any, well, I sort of started with the desktop. I didn't find mm-hmm. any desktop players that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, so I almost wish when, when tech dorks would answer a question, I think you have to answer it in two ways. One way is to answer the question that was asked before you go to how it relates to you. Mm. <laughs> so um, that would be very useful. So, so the, the honest straight up part is I do not know personally, there's not one of these that jumped out at me as being great in the same way that Plex jumps out uh, to me as being the the best way to, do XBMC style streaming right, stuff. Right, right. Um, with that said, the, the question you didn't ask is, I've, I've let go and let God, and God is Spotify. I hate to say it. <laughs> I, I, I hate using Apple Music so much, and every time I open it, there's a new indignity. Because here's a funny thing. So Apple Music was meant to have slurped up all of my music and given me the high quality version, and don't worry about anything, it's all in the clue, and everything's going to be great. And... Just all of the little nicks and cuts and indignities of the Apple Music and iTunes service over the years, it, it's, it's ground me down. Um, because now, here's, here's a funny fact of life. So if you are a music fan and you have a bunch of your own digital music and you've put all the metadata in and you want to be just right, you care a lot about that music, right? Fair to say in the same way that like if you loved your garden, it would show. So that my, I love my garden title. And I took great <laughs> care of that garden. And over time, Apple has been like a bunch of damn kids running through my corn. Uh, it's just been it's just been such a bummer. The more you love your music, the more care you take with it, the more it's going to kill you. When you go to open up Apple Music and listen to a beloved album from you know high school, and only it's two albums and track you know, one, three, four, five, six are on this one and track two, eight, nine, et cetera, are on this other one. They're actually two different albums and there's no way to change that. So you can't play it in order. And, uh, oh, guess what? There's doubles of every song on this album now. Like, how did that happen? I don't know. I mean, something on my end must have caused that, but it's so frustrating to be excited to go in and listen to ABBA, an ABBA Greatest Hits album, have it not be right. Let's say you're on, especially if you're on the road and you're like, oh God, I can't just stream this. That's no fun. But guess what? I go and I open up Spotify. 
I know this is not the question you ask. I go and I open up Spotify and it really works great. <laughs> it's all, and it's all in there. There is, the thing that sucks is I bought the um, Western State Hurricanes package at the car mm. parts level. Mm-hmm. Plus I had received some digital tracks previously. Now that kind of stuff, you're not going to be able to pull that up on the road in Spotify. That sucks. You need another way to play stuff like that. If I get way back into owning my own digital music files, I will look it more into stuff like this as it is now between the the ubiquity, the volume. I don't like Spotify for podcasts and I wish that part would die on a fire. But Spotify for music is, has been so great for me and it honestly brings joy to my life like every week. Like I just, that's how I discovered there's a new Archers of Love song. It was in my um, uh, release radar. Uh, yesterday and like oh my god it's one of my absolute favorite bands from the mid 90s has their first new album in 22 years first new single in 22 years and it pops right up in there now opening apple music to me it's like one of the dmv it's just not fun prism looks cool though prism looks cool i've run into my first new synology problem uh oh. Well, it's I. I'm, there are many ways around this. Dan, I have. I'm not recommending these. Let me okay. be clear. I'm. I'm just saying that there's a thing that I buy, and the thing that I buy, every time I buy one of these, it makes me so happy. Is it's called expansion drive? I think it's Samsung. Um, Amazon <laughs> has these little hard drives. Um, let's see if I can find it. The Seagate expansion. Okay. Yes. And the Seagate expansion, I get one of these in the, not Samsung, Seagate, sorry. I get these in the eight terabyte size. Oh. Okay. Wow. So here's I mean, the humble brag, but. Well, and they'll just deliver it right to your house. Wow. I bought, I bought, in, as we say, four of these over time. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm gonna, this is pretty sexy. So you're gonna get sexy voice. Seagate expansion desktop, eight terabyte external hard drive HDD, USB 3.0 for PC laptop. Eight terabytes, $139. Oh, come on. Eight terabytes. Put, for I'm one, put that in the notes so I can get one of these things. Eight terabytes for 100. So. Whereas there was a time when I, uh, in a different time, I was kind of like this with naked drives. What, what do you call it? Naked drives or like, what do you call yeah. them? Yeah. yeah raw drives. Raw dogging. <laughs> is that what it's called? Hi, yes. Big, big, big timing? Yeah. No, that's what it's called. Okay. Okay. CK expansion. Um, and boy, these things are great. They're, I mean, like, I don't know, you know, well, you know how hard drives are. Back in the day, you would just have, you would just have, you get a bunch of hard drives and just three of them would not work for right. more than a day because right. you got a bad run. Um, these have been pretty good to me um, and they're really easy to deal with. But here's the funny problem is I've been using one of these as the backup for my Synology. And uh, I, uh, this is my first dumb new Synology problem is that it's hard for me to find an easy to use prepackaged, I could, I could get an enclosure. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not sure what I do for local backup to this from the Synology. Do you follow? Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Like who, who, who Synology is the Synology? That's the way to, yeah, you get a Synology, the yeah. Synology. So it filled up. Maybe we'll get another Synology. Synology's all the way down. <laughs> Hunt, 130. Oh, so here's a funny thing. Ever since I've had this computer, which I think I got in 2015, 
Um, I've had this OWC uh, little dock thing for, you know, connectivity. And I've had this freestanding big-ass hard drive. And when I bought the big-ass hard drive in 2015, it seemed amply large for what I needed. And I partitioned it. It was a, a four-terabyte drive that I partitioned to be half media and half Time Machine backup. Okay. And I've been sitting with this for five years, buying <laughs> these Seagate eight terabyte drives and like kind of, uh, uh, see, look at me with my fingers right here. I'm being very fussy. Uh, 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 what, 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 what do I do to expand this? Oh my God, the, the thing is full. And I don't know why it never occurred to me to just buy this $140 hard drive, move everything over to that. It took, it took like an hour to move all my stuff. That's over. nothing, man. But it, isn't that funny? You get so like, you stop noticing like I, 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 so I first noticed that my time machine kept filling up on that probably a year ago. I was like, Oh, what am I going to do with this? And in my head, that four terabyte drive still sounds so huge. Oh yeah. Um, because in 2015, that was still a very big drive. Oh my God. The numbers today are so crazy. Our optical drives we had in the nineties with these two optical, like cartridge drives. I forget what it was called, but each one was two gigs, two gigs. That's and so, the, I mean, that's that crazy. That was the biggest thing in the place. Most people had 20 or 40 or maybe 80 megabyte hard drives. Yeah. Usually like 20 was, was plenty for most like garden variety people. Yeah. A 20 or a 40. <sighs> what was that called? The Jasmine backpack. Was that the one? Do you remember I that? I don't know. Jasmine. That's going to be my new pole dancer name. I think. Oh, Jasmine. <laughs> really? Backpack. No, it was really cute. And it would go on the back of your like original. No, not Jasmine from the... Oh, my God. Macintosh. Where is it? Oh, come on, Princess Jasmine, go away! Oh, no. It's all, it's all, it's, uh, it's all Disney princess. All of it? Jasmine was a company that made these great little hard drives. They had this beautiful little logo. And I never they heard had of this like, one. I'm surprised, because I was like a hard drive idiot. Jasmine, backpack, Macintosh, 1980s. And including one called the backpack that you could like slip onto the actual computer. It was really cute. Um, and I, for the summer, the one I was starting to do desktop publishing on my SE, my friend had lent me um, one of his Jasmine drives. Oh my God, look at this. Jasmine, rare, ultra rare, Jasmine backpack hard drive for compact Max on eBay. Let me send you that. Um, and then did we, um, did we have another uh, letter? Yeah, we can do one more. This one's a little... I would love that. Good morning. Good morning. I just started listening to podcast, and I was <laughs> curious which episodes would be the most productive concerning working in a corporate environment. Mm. 466 <clears throat> episodes is a lot to sift through when I don't know what to look for. I agree. I agree. I appreciate any help you can provide. Thank you. Shay Wibbles, Project Engineer. Wow. That was great. Um... So thank you, Shay, and welcome to the program. Hi, Shay. I th um, you know, I mean, f to answer the question that you've, oh, I'm going to do the thing again. I will answer the question that you ask. I will also just note, and I am not saying just go Google it, but I'm saying like, I need to remember to do this too. I want, I want to make sure everybody knows about this. I use this all the time. Site, colon, name of website, and then search. So you go to Google. And yes. you want to search on 5x5.tv. You know right. what, buddy? You could also do site colon 5x5.tv slash B2W. Did you know that? Now you're searching in that directory, which mm -hmm, is our show. Mm -hmm. um, never forget that. that there is um, so much you can accomplish with a canny mix of site colon 
And then uh, can, uh, all caps and, all caps, um, all caps and, or is implied. You could go to advanced search, but um, remember the power of all caps or. Do people know that, Dan? No. Okay, that's a pipe. When you do an all caps or. So you say, uh, Dan Benjamin, Merlin Mann. And then at the end, you could say something like productivity, all caps or, uh, corporate, in, in regular case. Okay. Do people know that? It's powerful. I, I know. I don't think they do. It's an extremely powerful way to winnow down whatever it is you're searching for. With that said, let's go to the early shows and do a quick whistle stop tour. The first one's good for obvious reasons. Uh, five minute warning. Yeah, I was still pretty full of myself then. Pathfinder, change other people. Do you have one right off the dome? The only, the, I mean, the getting things done one was kind yeah, of like in the nineties probably. Yeah. Those were good. Those were really good. Um, you know, I, this is going to sound like a bit, <laughs> it's not a bit. Episode seven, Vocational Wheel is pretty good. Um, I happen to be a big fan of number five. I'm just going to say in general, these are a few. I really like Chigger Bites on the Bus Driver. Um, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. thought that one was fun. And I remember liking, I remember liking Out of, Out of Scope. Those are early ones. Um... I think, I mean, God, I, I, so many of the early episodes, if you can tolerate it, and you probably shouldn't tolerate it, new listener, but I, you could really kind of burn through a lot of the early episodes. And I think a lot, a lot of it was talking about teams. A lot of it was talking about our own barriers. Um, yeah. I wish I had a better idea of which specific one. Yeah. Um, you know what? If anybody has a suggestion, I don't know who would know this, Dan. We don't, I don't, do, do we attract the kind of people who have this sort of memory about our show? I think we do. If anybody out there could think of a good episode now, yeah. for our, our new listener to listen to, um, what should they do? Should they write us? Yeah, you can write yeah. us, sure. Why write, not? Write us at the website. Go go to, yeah. to website.limo at anytownusa.danbenjamin. <laughs> um, that'll work. That'll do it. Dot .limo. Yeah. And I think that'll do it. Yeah. You feeling good? I feel great. Okay, good. Let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. Yeah.